2: This week the Bookshelf Cinema is screening Alan Partridge, The Lunchbox, Nymphomaniac Part 2, E.T., Like Father, Like Son, The Challenge of Rudolf Steiner, and more. On Sunday, April 27th, the Bookshelf Bookstore presents An Afternoon of Poetry with Anna Bowen, Kate Cayley, and Claire Tacon. At the E-Bar on April 24th, local artists... Alana Gurr and The Greatest State celebrate their new album, Late at Night, with a release show featuring Jerry Leger and The Situation and Dear Sister. That's Alana in the background with the song By My Side right now. The Bookshelf is an independently owned culture hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. Visit bookshelf.ca for more information. Control with Vichka. Hi, you know, this week I'm heading to Newfoundland, St. John's, Newfoundland, for the Lanya Vanya Music Festival, which I've attended a couple of times now. I think it's been going three years, no, four years, and I've been to three of them. I think maybe more. Anyway, it's really cool. I'll be there from uh, Wednesday. They booked me an early flight. Man, I'm there like 6:50 in the morning or something. Anyway, I'll be there in Newfoundland uh, until, uh, as I say, Wednesday to Sunday. So if you're listening in Newfoundland, hi. Thanks for listening to the show. And I'll see you there. Lots of great bands playing. Fucked Up, uh, By Divine Bright, Burning Hell, Monster Bader, my favorite band name. <laughs> I don't know if it's my favorite band name, but it's one of my... I like that band. They're from St. John's. Anyway, lots of great people. Uh, you can check out the Lanya Vanya site for more info. Anyway, I'll be there. I just wanted to say that. On the show today... All of the members of a great Montreal band called Ott who are putting out their debut full-length release on Constellation Records on April 29th. It's called More Than Any Other Day, and I love it. I have not seen this band, but I love this record, and I can't wait to see this band. They're playing at the Hillside Festival here in Guelph in July, so I'm excited. I'll get to see them there, but I I want to see them sooner. So if you know of Ott playing near me, uh, get a hold of me and let me know. I can also look, but it'd be... I, I'm, again, I've said this on a previous episode not not so not so long ago that I'm feeling a little lazy and I could use all the help that you can... Pre- anyway, you know what I'm saying. Odd! All the members of Odd and I have a chat about their record. It was over Skype. They're in Montreal. I'm here in Guelph. Good chat. So here it is. And you'll hear, you'll hear a brand new song. You'll hear a song from this album. Uh, That no one has heard before because it's not out yet So that's my gift to you Alright let's enjoy myself and Ott Shall we? Okay here we go The Eden Mills Writers' Festival and The Bookshelf are pleased to present Alison Wearing's award-winning one-woman show, Confessions of a Fairy's Daughter, Growing Up with a Gay Dad. This is happening at the E-Bar in Guelph on Friday, May 23rd. Based on her best-selling memoir, Wearing's compelling show tells the story of growing up with a gay father in the 1980s. Balancing intimacy, history, and downright hilarity, this is a captivating tale of family life, deliciously imperfect, riotously challenging, and full of life's great lessons in love. This all-ages licensed performance of Confessions of a Fairy's Daughter takes place at the E-Bar, located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph, on Friday, May 23rd, at 8pm sharp. Tickets are now available at the Bookshelf bookstore, also located at 41 Quebec Street, or online via Ticketbreak.com. And for more information about the show, visit EdenMillsWritersFestival.ca. The E-Bar is not a fully accessible venue. Is a young punk band based in Montreal that consists of keyboardist Matt May, bassist Ben Stidworthy, drummer and violinist Tim Keen, and vocalist and guitarist Tim Beeler. The band formed in 2012, but has already honed a distinctive and explosive sound, which is captured beautifully on their debut LP, More Than Any Other Day. With its mix of righteous but mischievous poetry and charging music and dramatic vocals, Ott's record is one of the most refreshing and inspiring rock records of the year. More than any other day is out April 29th via Constellation Records, and here now to discuss it further are the members of OTT. Hello, gentlemen. How are you?
1: Hello. Hi. How are, how are you?
2: Oh, I'm still well. I'm still pretty <laughs> good.
1: We can pretend that we haven't spoken first.
2: Well, you know, there's always some off-the-record business. You know, we, we, we said our greetings, but now we say hello to everyone listening.
3: Hi. Hello. Hi.
2: And, and we say to them, How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Magic of radio. Yeah, it's totally well it is it's like TV. It's like it's more like the radio. Yeah. So where are you guys?
4: Uh we're in our apartment Uh Tim Tim and Matt's apartment in uh, Montreal.
2: Is it true that you all lived together at one point?
1: Um Ben never lived with us, but he was at our house a lot. So.
2: Okay. Okay, now now there is uh, something to be... I've been reading uh, band biographies lately. In particular, I just read... Um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the band The Jesus Lizard. Hmm, absolutely. The Jesus Lizard just uh, published this coffee table book, and it's interesting. For their, for their most formative work, they lived together. They not only toured together in a tiny van uh, with meager funds and meager existence, really, uh, but they actually lived together, and they feel like that period was their most explosive important period like that's when they made the best music do you feel like cohabit like living together is that important to to be like all up in each other's grill all the time
1: it's I mean it's not it's not I don't think it's essential it makes a lot of sense to me that that worked with the Jesus listen because those records are so cohesive and so um like they know, it feels like they know exactly what each other's going to do before they do it. Um, I think we learned a lot from the time that we were living together um, and the time that we were jamming in our apartment especially because we could just come, like we'd come home and like one person would start playing music and then everyone else would just kind of start without talking. And it, it had, it it, um, it, was kind of like just playing music together was just the like expected activity if we we're all going to be in the same room. Yeah. That was really nice because we just played a lot. We just played so much.
2: Um, right. I, I realized that because uh, this is actually something I wanted to bring up because uh, I understood that when we made these arrangements I was told that the group wanted to speak together which is not always the case you know some bands uh will will designate a spokesperson or they'll alternate uh, why did you all want to talk at the same time not well not at the same time but you know what I mean <laughs>
5: um well, I, I don't know. I mean, I think we, we always try to really emphasize the fact that this is a really collaborative project. Like all the songs are written collaboratively. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm suddenly so much more aware of my speech now I know this is a podcast and not like a not like a text interview where they'll take out all my ums and stuff. Well, it's,
2: it's interesting you bring that up because because we've never met and I don't know your voices, uh, you know I can't match voices to faces right now. Or names, I suppose, I should say. I actually have no idea who I'm talking to at any given moment.
5: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, th- this is Tim Beeler. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, mean, I think it, it sort of comes out of the same reason we always emphasize um, that it is a really collaborative project. Like We always say no one ever comes into practice with, uh, with something like, a, even like a, a riff, a piano riff or anything like that. Um, everything kind of comes out of these really equal parts, jamming sessions, <clears throat> um, and the band isn't really like I don't think we have like a idea of like a fixed identity of the band that like any one person can sort of like take up and like um, hold to bear. Like if they're going to interview, like the band is just made up equal parts of all four of us, and uh, like also like I'm always interested to hear what. Like my like with the uh, with the guys have
1: to say in response to questions and uh, yeah I don't know yeah we've never talked about our band together before so it's been really <laughs> nice to yeah. be able to do that
2: yeah how, how many interviews have you done at this point
1: two this is a
3: this is our third, third yeah. this
2: is your third and how are the other two
3: good pretty good yeah yeah. Good. yeah
2: it is true that when you when you're talking as a group to a stranger potentially or or someone external to the group at least you end up learning the most about yourselves, about about your your bandmates. Don't you find that? Definitely. Yeah. definitely. And because you, 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 sometimes when you're in a band, you don't articulate what the band is about to each other. You just do it. Mm.
3: Right. Yeah.
2: So what have you learned so far?
1: Hmm. <laughs> good question. Um, I don't know. Uh, Matt thinks we're in a... In a um, <laughs> A new metal band. Yeah. Yeah. Matt's really? also I've been, been describing it as for keeps keep saying new metal every yeah.
2: time.
5: Yeah. <laughs> and I've been awake for about seven minutes. So yeah.
2: like... <laughs> what? My God, Matt, why do you think you're in a new metal band? That doesn't make any sense.
4: <laughs> I thought it just, like, metal strings. I don't know. I think I'm
2: misunderstanding what new metal means. <laughs> <laughs> new metal is just like you going to the store and buying new equipment. <laughs> yeah. New metal. Yeah. Right. I got new metal, guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. All right. So uh, you mentioned... Um, this approach that you have to kind of uh that that is sort of i suppose for lack of a better term uh, very democratic um uh that's the way the songs unfold is that approach born of past experiences where uh any of you were in bands where um there was kind of more of a a figurehead guiding things was uh, do you do you understand what i mean mm,
3: sure.
6: mm,
4: no I, I i mean personally that i don't I think sort of all the projects that I've played in have operated relatively like this. Um, The first time Tim and I played together, just to like, to it was it was Tim Beeler and I. um, I, He was teaching me some of his songs to like so that we could play them. But I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't say that this was like a response to bad experiences or like feeling. I don't know. Like your voice wasn't heard. I think this is just. Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
1: Okay. Maybe to go back to that idea of like when we used to live together before, um, part of what we are trying—I don't know what we're trying to do in this band—but part of what I think this does is captures that feeling of just like picking up and playing instruments all the time, which is what we used to do. And there was no real like I'm going to teach you this song or like I'm doing this for this purpose thing. We were just like doing it all the time and kind of trying to trying to document what emerged as as the band. Mm-hmm. And I think that was successful for us before. And was, I think we are just still trying to do that.
2: But but surely as musicians, you spend time on your own fiddling about. And at some point you're fiddling and you're like, you know, this would be kind of a cool thing for our band to do. And and maybe in the course of a jam, if you will, do you introduce those? Has that happened? Like can each of you speak to that? Do you introduce a part that you've kind of privately been working on?
6: Uh, We're all
3: looking at bands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, <clears throat> there have been times when I've been messing around and a bass, like, riff will come to me. Sometimes I'll bring out in jams if it's, like, working. Uh, but I think generally the band hasn't liked the bass lines so that <laughs> like, like, I've come up with independently of myself. The ones that we've all thought, like, this is good, we'll keep with this, are ones that come a bit more organically. Huh.
5: Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. As, uh, like, the other half of what that story that Matt was relaying, kind of, like, as someone who, like, has sort of, like, varying degrees of success, like, had those moments where I've, like, tried to get Matt or Tim to, like, flesh out a song in, like, a previous project or something like that, a song that I had kind of more concretely worked on. Yeah. Like, I found this experience just to be, like, when we write collaboratively, I always find that the product is, like, way more than the sum of its parts, so to speak. Like, I, I always end up being really, like, surprised by where the song goes, and it it goes in these really unexpected places that where I would never take it, and I think maybe where, like, no individual one of us would take it, but since we're all kind of, like, pushing the Ouija board a little bit, uh, like it goes to these kind Mm -hmm. of crazy places that keeps the music really, like, exciting um, and, like, outside of, like, any one of us in particular and in kind of, like, the area
1: that's in between all of us, sort of. Right. But not one of us wants to be playing this music. Not a single one. (laughs) But somehow we've ended up here.
2: Yeah, you know. It is interesting. Uh, It can be difficult to keep a band together when they are kind of, you know, People who have philosophies that are diametrically opposed, but it does seem like you're all uh, on the same wavelength, which is important. Can you talk a little bit about how this band actually came together? Like what drew you to one another to try to to create music together?
4: Um, well i I don't know if I can start at the beginning, but Tim and Tim Keenan started playing together. when he wants to take it from there.
5: Um, yeah sure Tim Keen and I actually met uh on the first day of university like I'm American and, and, and Tim's Australian and we Tim was here on exchange and I had just started attending McGill and we met at this awful like drink tank orientation <laughs> event uh and uh we started playing music and uh and then at like Tim left and Matt and I started playing music and then Tim came back and the three of us started playing <laughs> music and we were living together at that time and, and like Tim was saying, just playing all the time and like really, the fraction of it that sounded like art is, uh, <laughs> is is quite small, but I guess like the band has always been like we've just always made the music that we wanted to make, uh, like
2: we, we have said
5: I'm getting also at this point now that we've done three interviews of be trying not to say the exact same things.
2: <laughs> well, that's going to happen, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. You, unless <laughs> unless you lie.
5: Yeah, I will. I will we lie. Can lie. Don't yeah, you don't worry. Um, but we always, I mean, like as an aside, like we always <clears throat> should like say, you know, we're really not a genre band, and so like we we say like it takes us forever to write songs because we're not like, ri- like writing in like a like, at least from, this been my experience, like, harder to find, like, a style roof to sort of find shelter under sometimes. Right, Uh, right. So, but we did play all the time, and you asked earlier, like, how that affected the music, and I I absolutely think, like, um, living together, at least on a a level of, like, when, because we don't do a lot of talking when we're we're sort of jamming at these sounds, it's not Mm -hmm. like we we stop and we, like, really hyper-analyze everything that just happened, it's like, this sort of like wordless it's it's not it's kind of off or it's kind of silly. and then something small will happen like a baseline or 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 it'll all just start gelling and then like everyone kind of is just immediately on the same page, which is I feel super like um, yeah, I mean, I feel like really privileged to play with people that I kind of like know that well that can kind of gel onto that at the same time. And then Ben we called one day and, and said, we have some songs. Maybe you can take it from here because I have talking a lot. <clears throat>
3: yeah, I started hanging out with everyone my first year at McGill, I transferred from the States. Um, and then one day, it was walking, and Tim called and said, do you want to come over and jam? And then I showed up. and. The rest, is, the rest
2: is history. <laughs> uh, Tim, you mentioned that uh, you're not a genre band, which is, uh, I think, an important distinction to make. Um, because uh, as you go out into the world now, I make it sound like you're little hatchlings. But <laughs> I feel like that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're a young band. I mean, Fish I think, no matter what, you are. It's, there's no. It's it's not arguable. You are a relatively young band. But my point is, as you. As people greet the band and and, and, you know, start to discuss the band, they're going to start mentioning um, references. uh, They're going to reference other bands, and uh, even in my discussions with people about how excited I've been about this record, I've said I've mentioned other bands to try to you know point them in a direction. But it's been difficult because I think you're accurate. I think what you say is accurate. It's not a it's not a particular genre band. I think there are um, points that. You can say like Oh this kind of sounds like Talking Heads Or this kind of sounds like Sonic Youth or Gang of Four like, Or whatever But from song to song it's very different And I, I guess I'm curious Like You mentioned the chronology uh, Of how the band kind of formed But were there key touchstones for the band In terms of influences Or, or musical directions Was it all rather unspoken Did it all just happen in the room
4: uh, I mean I I think Like I mean, just personally, I'm thinking, as you were saying that, I was thinking about, this, like, certain, I feel like, musical moments where, like, we'd be really excited about some band or, like, something. Like, I remember Yola Tango played, like, a large role, not necessarily in, like, how we sounded or what we played, but just, like, we would talk about them a lot and, like, listen to them a lot, mm-hmm. and Sonic Youth, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um But, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, there were, there were never really discussions about sounding like those bands or wanting to, like, do more of, any particular style. Um, but there were definitely, you know, there have definitely been like sort of periods where we've been like really excited about certain stuff that probably seeped its way into it somehow. But,
2: so yeah. it was it was more about just maybe seeing each other at a show and realizing that that in itself was the kinship.
1: I think for me, the, at least my personal progression has just been going from like when I got here, I wasn't, as musically engaged as i had been and then i just spent the next year just like listening to a lot of music and just going just going to a lot of shows basically and you can see like i remember looking at my itunes once my recently added and going from kind of like blandish, like whatever indie rock to like veering through this like weird noise phase and then like coming back around and like listening to a lot of hardcore or like listening to but like the point was that i was just kind of devout like eating more music than I had been normally, and I think a few of us have been going through that. We've just been taking in more and more and more and just like seeing a bunch of shows every week. Yeah. So maybe it's not like specific bands as much as it is the feeling of like being fully immersed in a whole variety of music and being able to take something from that or like finding a small, like, finding a small little niche in that.
2: Right. What actually brought you here from Australia?
1: I came on exchange. Um, a couple of years ago in 2009, and I was only here for six months and then I went back home and finished up my stuff and then came back in.
2: Okay. Just just simple as that. Yeah.
1: Okay. It's, very, it's pretty simple when you're Australian. The commonwealth, Commonwealth, the seal of the queen goes very far. You know? <laughs> um, Australia is a hard place. I um, had like some the, the standard kind of trouble deciding whether I wanted to play music seriously or not. Yeah. And when I did finally um, Australia is a very hot place to do that
2: we have to understand that for people like us uh, Australia is is perceived to be a prison colony run by crocodiles Mm -hmm. I mean that's
1: (laughs) fact that's 100% fact
2: right so uh, I'm not I'm not off on that (laughs) no 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 sometimes yeah (laughs) that's what we uh, guys you gotta tell Tim we all that's what we think right it's, it's it's
1: alarmingly close to the truth. I don't think Americans are aware of Australia. No, people Australia. don't know about it. I have to explain it.
2: What do you mean they don't know about it? How can they not know about it?
5: Well, they really only know America, Canada and the top like 10% of Mexico.
2: <laughs> it seems to me that you might be generalizing. <laughs> I, I think some Americans know about Australia. Are right, like, you made
5: a crocodile joke?
6: <laughs>
2: yeah, that's true. I did make I did make a crocodile joke. That's what it was. <laughs> um, I want to ask about the uh, poetry uh, within the band because it's I I it's I know that it was sort of framed that way um, in the, the sort of constellation bio, but it does come across to me less as um, necessarily songs. I think because you're kind of speak singing a lot to him. Um, there's this sense that you are drawing from uh, a poetic tradition more than maybe a traditional songwriting tradition. What? You know what I mean. Um, <laughs> can you talk a little bit about your your approach to um, vocalizing, I suppose?
5: Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean... I had to get uh, Graham to dial that back a little bit, and the original bar, he said he called me something like a scribe or something like that, <laughs> which really he thought was very funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's true. I, I I've been writing poetry like a lot more than I for a lot longer than I've been playing music. Um, like I only, I got my first. Guitar and it was an acoustic guitar, and I was sixteen. And then I didn't have a, an electric guitar until about four years ago. Um. So, I yeah. I mean, I guess it's been a. I, I don't know, but I do. I the reason I'm like reticent to just like jump on board with that is because usually when people say that they're like the sort of like moody like Jim Morrison kind of Joni Mitchell type. Whatever, where people like will like take poems and then like make them into songs, um, uh-huh. and I've definitely like done that like with stuff I do solo, like taking poems and like playing them with guitar. But with this band, it's very much been like the the lyrics for the most part come out of our out of our jams as well.
2: Um, oh, is it a, is it
5: a collective enterprise? No, like I'll usually kind of like I'll be ad libbing the whole time that we're playing because uh, like. The voice is like one of like the stronger elements of like what I like my contribution to the to the songs I guess like as far as melody like I I, I often like will focus on the vocals more than on the on the guitar from kind of time to mm-hmm. time, uh, but yeah I mean I don't know if that was a totally. Uh, flat pan kind of answer.
2: but No, no, I, I, and I mean, it's a difficult question to answer, particularly because each, as I sort of alluded to earlier, I find the record to be rather eclectic, but I, I do think it's interesting that it starts with this song, Pleasant Heart, which is really a, a really great song, and it's got kind of a sinister, um, in a sense, to me, it, it has a foreboding kind of tone to it. And then when we get to today more than any other day, that tone kind of starts that it starts that way and then it builds up and then you kind of as a vocalist things kind of seem to get meta
6: <laughs>
2: you're kind of like okay here we go and you're counting off and and you're singing about whole milk and <laughs> going to the grocery store and, and it, it's very jarring in, in a way like and it hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if
6: only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news
2: It reminds me of kind of uh, real talk. like Things like Jonathan Richmond might suddenly talk about all of a sudden... Like he'd just be mm. singing a song, and then all of a sudden it becomes very... He's making the mundane kind of interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I hear that throughout the record, where like you're playing with language in a sense where it, there is this poetic aspect to it, but it is real, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm trying to draw a distinction mm. clumsily between... <laughs> You know something artful and something uh, uh, or rather something that feels uh, more pronounced than something that feels more organic like milk like now I'm talking about I'm just talking about milk here
5: no I, I totally understand what you're saying I, that's actually really interesting i I've never you know heard someone articulate it exactly like that but I think pleasant heart and today are are really good examples of sort of like the two ends of the of the spectrum and like I think maybe the answer is like i I like didn't grow up listening to like very much music and uh, and like most of the time, like i have obviously taken in a lot of things, but like I still haven't listened to Captain and Jazz, and people will <laughs> like always say that or you know whatever the constellation bio says that, I just need to like take time to to listen to that, and like I had never heard Jonathan Richmond. Or the modern lovers and then we put out that ep and everyone was like jonathan richmond it's only like
2: jonathan richmond so <laughs> oh, to oh really i just like I, I hadn't even thought of that until just now uh, i mean like i never articulated that to anyone is that that's but, already happened
5: yeah i mean i well the re- the point i was gonna to to draw that i guess is that um like i i think the reason like i, I don't i can do that like s- switch between those pretty whatever seem like on like put them on the same level like really serious like kind of dark foreboding stuff and then the kind of like tongue-in-cheek stuff is like i i guess i don't really have didn't have a concept of one being like ironic or like one being like in reference to like a world of music i was just like i thought it was funny and like I, i i thought it was like a really interesting way to like communicate like humor and disdain while also like being uplifting like to sort of like Point point pointed things that are that are a bit like wrong or or like off about about the world but while still being like kind of fun and cheeky and that was my direct experience with that kind of like singing and stuff and not and not being like ironic or like i don't know if does that make sense
2: yeah no, it does, and i I mean you're also speaking to another thread that I have picked up on on the record which which is this sort of balancing act between. Um, I, I suppose. I guess the word is righteous, and I think I used it earlier. But this sort of righteous, th- there clearly is a sense of humor here, and in some in some cases, it's hard to find a band that can pull off making kind of I don't know this sort of art punk that is that that needs, that that demands to be taken seriously. But clearly, you guys are having kind of fun within it. Mm-hmm. And is that is that a conscious thing to kind of find that? that 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 sweet spot where you can you can talk about serious issues but you can also do so in a way that is sort of uh sarcastic or satiric
1: um well i think it helps to not i think when talking about things that are are serious or that you feel are serious um it can be of benefit to not take yourself too seriously or to not um put yourself on too much of a pedestal especially Mm -hmm. when it's um for like young men in a band like mm. it's something to be to be aware of and I think that that um, that it's not even it's not even really a conscious thing it's just like a kind of a um, just the way that we are you know like you can't we I, I feel like personally you can't. I can't walk around being too serious all of the time and brooding all of the time because otherwise then um, you're insane right but, right um, finding that trying to find that balance between like Talking about things that are serious and kind of being uplifting, I think, is something that we think about and talk about a lot.
2: Do you suppose that this record says something about your city? Does it reflect Montreal in a particular way? Yeah,
4: uh, I, would, I, I think it, it's definitely affected by Montreal, and I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it's, it has like a statement on Montreal, you know. But I but I do think. Uh, I think we've been heavily influenced by our experiences here and the particularities of Montreal. Hmm. Sir?
3: I would just be hesitant to say in this area, like, uh, is a direct reflection huh? of Montreal. Yeah, yeah for sure. no, for sure. Of Montreal, uh, just because there's so many different experiences in this city, definitely as a part of a scene and a group of friends, what have you, it's, it's coming from that place. Um, but this, this whole island uh, has a lot to say, and I don't think we necessarily are a part of all of that.
2: Right, okay. So the kind of... Is it raining in Montreal right now? Suddenly it's gotten very... hate. Like there's like a... Uh, no,
1: Matt's just pouring some water in the background to make it sound <laughs> like that.
2: Or like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what it was. It just sounded like you're in a, Are you suddenly all taking a yeah. shower?
1: It just started um, sticking out a little bit.
5: No, the computer's fan is kind of worrying. I think that's
2: what it is. <laughs> oh, it's the fan. Yeah, mine was doing that too earlier. In fact, I don't think it is now. Anyway, sorry. Sorry to interrupt our discussion with that. Oh, no. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh you're saying that uh, it uh the the experience of living in Montreal is too vast to 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 suggest that it's directly uh, reflected in this record, but um What about maybe just the dynamics of the city, like the political dynamics of the city? Are are, are those articulated in any way?
5: I mean, I I think, uh, like, something that gets brought up a lot is the Quebec student strike in 2012, um, which we all were definitely a a part of, um, to the extent that sort of Anglophone can can be in this city. Um, And, uh, but honestly, like, when I think, like, about the connection to that. Like, there is this sort of political element to our music, but I think more than that, and maybe, you know, other people can can jump in if, if this doesn't quite do it justice, but it was just such an enormous sort of, like, just, like, so much feeling all the time, like, especially the marches and the nightly casseroles where people would go out and knock on pots and pans, and it would be not only students and, like, those sympathetic to the strike, but it would be, I mean, it would be students and those sympathetic to the strike and like families, like young children, like um, it it was like really a beautiful, amazing thing. And like we would, you know, all living together, we'd be sitting on our back porch, like eating dinner and we'd hear the casseroles and we would just like jump up and like grab some pots and like go out and then suddenly be gone for an hour and a half. And like that sort of thing that like sort of spontaneous, like energy of seeing so many people kind of responding, like I had, I've never seen anything like that in my life and never felt anything like that. And it was just this kind of enormous upswell of like, like, again, it was the same sort of thing of like definitely being antagonistic towards something. Like it was a direct response to a a new law that had just been passed, but it was also this incredibly positive experience. Um, So I think like definitely like a lot of like that feeling, like, Got channeled into into this record and like into those songs.
2: Okay, so in that sense, I mean, and that's kind of maybe what I was getting at indir- more indirectly earlier. I mean, in a sense, that is part of the city that has sort of you know inspired you.
1: I think Ben was being a little cautious about wanting to wanting to speak for all Montreal, which I think is oh great. yes, of we course. obviously don't. Yeah. But I think this record does, in a lot of ways, speak to the ways in which we live as like young Anglophone people who went to university in Montreal and just mm-hmm. recently graduated. I think, I think that, um, the record like comes out of our day to day experience or comes out of the ways in which we're seeing the city or navigating this city, mm-hmm. um, in a really, you know, in a way that feels true to me, that feels genuine. Right. Um, and while not being like, this is a Montreal record, because <laughs> that is meaningless.
2: Well, um, and, and I know that, and I know that the, that even that has a connotation, uh, particularly over the last decade, right? Like, I mean, you're, You're living in a city that uh, people occasionally lionize, people occasionally uh, scrutinize, uh, in terms of its music. So I can see your, I I suppose your caution comes from is potentially born partially of that.
1: Sure.
2: Or did I? I, Or maybe I just told you that. Maybe I just made that up. Yeah. No.
6: Um.
5: No. I mean. I mean. Just. I guess one more thing, and this might totally um, come from just like a lyrical perspective, but like. I also like definitely my day experience, but I think also like there is like a degree of like, and again when when I say the word generalizing, I don't I, like I, I think it's really important that you brought that that up, Ben, because like again only meaning generalizing in a sense of like people whose experience I've like been privy to, like I know like having conversations with like friends in the states who were like trying to find work or like honestly like a lot of conversations with my mom and stuff um and her just like talking about like how like fucked up like the healthcare system is and stuff like that in the states and like she would like or uh, and similar conversations I had with like other people I respect in my life who and c- coming to a point where like I w- was dealing with those things I think we were all de- like beginning to like s- like see what that was about like kind of coming out of this like pretty insular bubble of of university, even though I think we all tried to really get out of that um, bubble. Um, so, like, I think yes, it is coming from this like experience of like talking for ourselves, but I think also trying to like, like I I always joke like I use like you and like these really indistinct like um, pronouns in the songs because again like it's like with habit like. It's trying to make it as relatable as possible without being, like, dictative. Like, yeah. this is what this experience is like, but more like this could be what your experience is like. Like, maybe you can take a little bit of some Maybe you kind of know what it's like to, like, feel kind of addicted to something or and, – and not even – Anyway, it's like the point is that by making it kind of vague and, like I said, generalizing, like maybe a, mo- a larger group of people could take something from it than just, like – White university students. I just wanted to make that point. Clear. No,
2: and it's fair, okay. and I do. It's so what it's like to be a 23-year-old in Montreal. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you are often addressing this vague "you" as you mentioned, which I think is is fascinating, and <laughs> and also potentially a, an an indistinct "I." You're not necessarily talking right. about yourself, right?
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really like um, direct, like kind of a direct address stuff. Like, I think. It creates this really personal thing. Like I, um, I really like poetry, for example. I read where that sort of direct address comes out, um, and I think it, like, I could see it as like a crutch to avoid naming specific things. But I just always think it. I always find it's more powerful when it can just sort of be like a relationship like that. Like, yeah. distinct I, indistinct you, and then wherever you feel you fall in that relationship,
2: I guess. Yeah. No, that's fair. Well, as I understand it you made this record rather quickly. You made it over the course of a week and this just this past November, right? Yeah. That, yeah, it was very fast. That's very remarkable and and it suggests and it's the fact that it's coming out so soon is also uh, probably a testament to Constellation's excitement, I suppose, and and just the fact that everything that would be required to put a record out has lined itself up, but what does this mean for the um kind of creative tra- trajectory of the band? Where are you at in terms of making new music and and I suppose what's what's coming up next for you?
4: Uh, well, we've been continuing to chug away at new stuff, um, <laughs> uh, and so yeah, we've got a couple like we've been working on some songs, and we've had some really good good gems lately, um, and so yeah, we're just continuing to do that, and uh, we've got a bunch of shows coming up, and yeah, I don't know, it's it's been just sort of like. Keep doing what we're doing and try to stay excited and and challenge ourselves. And yeah, I don't know. I think
1: the reason that we could make that record so quickly is because um, we are very much a live band and Mm -hmm. we write the songs very much to be played live. And then when we went into the studio, we just played them. We just played them exactly the same as as we did. Mm -hmm. So I think there's going to be a period of time between now and, and the next record where we. Take out take out new songs and play them live a bunch and yeah. figure out what they sound like. And then I guess I guess we'll do it again.
2: <laughs> okay. No, it's it's you're you're basically you're you're staying the course. Yeah. At this, this is, point. Like there's no grand departures <laughs> yeah, we're coming.
5: Adding a guitar, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're uh you're messing up the course, basically. Yeah. yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. yeah we're
4: kind of disrupting the
1: waters. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh you I understand you have a new video coming out for the uh the weather song. Yes, yeah, we do.
1: Yeah. I yeah, I'm very happy about it. Yeah, please. our
5: our own uh Tim Keane who can literally do a uh, got can do a bit of everything. It it's pretty crazy. He he Tim recorded and produced our first two EPs. Um and then uh our friend Louise and Isaac who work at our local radio station filmed us in our living room and then Tim made this awesome green screen video. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's really great.
2: Okay. So that's uh, that that people can look for that on on Vimeo or on Constellation site or something like that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. It'll be yeah. It'll be on the internet I think soon. Next week. Next week. Next week.
2: So cool. you didn't feel silly making a video. <laughs> I mean the video
1: it, it felt a little silly. I think maybe <laughs> the way in which I edited the video was Partly in order to to acknowledge the silliness.
2: Yeah, videos are still silly, right? I've never. Well, I, think <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think I. have been in. I have been in a couple of music videos, to be honest, and they always feel weird. It's definitely yeah. weird. It's strange for sure. <laughs> well, I wish you the best of luck, guys. Uh, as I say, I'm a big fan, and I want to let people know that uh, once again, the new record by Ott is is a really excellent one. It's called More Than Any Other Day, and it's out uh, via Constellation Records on April twenty ninth. And for more inf- information about the band, you can visit cstrecords.com. dot uh, com. Before we uh, uh, say goodbye, is there a song we can play for uh, folks uh, uh, from the record guys?
5: Oh wow! Oh, Wait, can it. we do any song or only the two that have been released? Yeah, let's
2: do anything. Who cares? Who's yeah. gonna? We can yeah. do whatever we want. Graham Graham and Constellation is not going to care. I Here's Graham. <laughs> uh, no, we can do whatever you want. Yeah
5: well I don't I don't know. We're we are all
1: like pretty stymied. Really? You
2: can't pick a you can't pick a single song. <laughs> yeah, let's try Gemini. Alright.
1: We're, we're gonna do Gemini, the last track.
2: You wanna do Gemini? Now why did that come to mind?
1: Um I love that song and we've never played it to anyone. Oh we've yeah, never played I the, like, very the recording
6: to anyone.
2: Yeah. You mean very few people have heard it because they they stopped listening to the album? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one's gone now. Yeah, the endurance test. <laughs> okay, is there uh Tim, is there anything you can actually tell us about the uh the content of the song? I
1: can I um my one little anecdote about this song is that when I came into this the jam, which we wrote this song in, I was just having a terrible day. Just the <laughs> worst, worst day of all time. And in order to deal with that, I came into this jam and I was essentially kind of belligerently only playing hardcore beats on the drums, <laughs> much to to the annoyance of everyone else in the band who Um, we're not in a hardcore band but I wanted to be
2: for a day (laughs) well you're in a we we all know you're in a new metal band so that right there
1: Um, but everyone was very confused and kind of really didn't know what to do with me but eventually the chorus of Dem and I came out of that I think that was our like little compromise um in which we could play something that I would be able to play. And that sounded like sounded good. It is
2: a pretty mighty song. Like it's like, and mighty, and it seems to be, now that you say that I can kind of see the well of, of rage that it may have uh, drawn from. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hear it. This is Gemini by aught, uh, uh, men, men of aught. And I, I, again, I can't see you and I don't know you, but Matt and Ben and Tim and Tim, thank you so much for being on the show. And, uh, Hopefully, we'll see you really soon.
5: Thank you. Thank you you so much.